uh, welcome to Gamers on the Go. This is episode 51, our first year, uh, our first game, <laughs> first podcast uh, of, uh, of 2016, our, our new year, and the first after our giant uh, 50th episode uh, extravaganza three-part thing. Uh, which which we were able to have Zach Fleeman and Matt Jaguar on, and both of those were great guests, and uh, they were so great, in fact, that I brought one of them back. So welcome back, Zach Fleeman. Hey, thanks. I can't believe we killed Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, he probably died of exhaustion. That was a that was a really long podcast. Uh, so yeah, that's a uh, yeesh. Um, yeah, we all had to take a break, even, even us. Like, I had to take a month-long break, because I was just like, we, we podcasted way too long. I don't want to do that <laughs> again. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll try to make these a little bit shorter uh, in the future. Uh, but what you can you do? A, you have a rare opportunity with me right now because I'm bursting at the seams to talk about some mobile games with you. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, yeah. Then, then yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk after the show and we'll make sure we uh, we get some of these things scheduled and, and ready to go because because uh, if I remember your your top five list right, uh, there were I think. Every single game on that list was something I would be very interested in talking to you about on this show. Oh, true. Yeah, I like that. So we'll uh, we'll we'll figure out some stuff in the in the future. Uh, but let's talk about the present right now. Zach Fleeman, what are you playing? Um, I I haven't said the game the name of the game that we're talking about uh, today. Uh, I guess I'll just do that right now. We're going to talk about Titan Souls. Uh, that is that is on the the PC, PS4, uh, Vita. I think it's on like some kind of Android device of some sort. Uh, not the 3ds. Not the 3ds. That is that is a shame, uh, but it is not there. Uh, so yes, we will be talking about Titan Souls. Zach Fleeman uh, it was on one of his uh, on his list for for 2015 uh, handheld games of the year. Uh, I don't think you actually played it on a handheld, did you? No, I played it on the Vita. I totally own. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I played it on PC through Steam. Um, mere minutes after I put down. Metal Gear Solid Five. Nice. So. Uh, well, I played it on Vita, so we we at least have a working knowledge of how that how that runs, and we can talk about that too. But before we do, uh, yeah, I would just like to to get a chance to catch up with uh, with you. It's been about a month. Have you been uh, playing anything new since uh, 2016 rolled around? I have. So when did we record that uh, that thing? <laughs> that was, I think, it was right before New Year's. Okay. Because I had started playing Fire Emblem, let's see, uh, sometime over a winter break. I don't. It doesn't really matter. Christmas I, I, I do think you mentioned that maybe sometime in the fiftieth, and Matt and I both gave like a, a big, proud, happy wine of glee. Yeah, you two high fived, and I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> um, so I've since put in fifteen hours into that game. I formally declared to myself that uh, I'm putting that game down for the moment. I, after like 15 hours, I think I said that already. But yeah, um, great. I'm, I'm not going to say anything bad about that game because it doesn't deserve anything bad to be said <laughs> about it. But man, I just didn't... Well, I don't know. Maybe this is a bad thing. I couldn't get in any sort of groove with that game. Like the story, I, I didn't follow. Like I didn't really know where it was going. And I, from what I gathered, I was over halfway done with all the chapters. Interesting. And you're playing Awakening, right? When, yes, when you're saying okay. Fire Emblem, you mean Awakening. Yeah. The, the newest one. Right, okay. right. Yeah, yeah. And I got, I got like to chapter sixteen or seventeen, and I was just like, this story is not really doing it for me. The uh, all my characters feel incredibly overpowered, and uh, <clears throat> uh, my little sniper guy and the beast lady weren't having a kid, uh, but they got married, so I, <laughs> I was losing interest. <laughs> all right. 
well, I mean, I, I won't say that the that the story is that game's strongest uh, strongest suit. Um, I, I think it's got an okay story, but I think the the interactions with the characters and and getting the supports up and and listening to what everybody has to say is is maybe the more interesting part for me. And then I also really, as a person who comes from a long lineage of Advance Wars tactical strategy kind of stuff, uh, then just playing with those. Uh, strategy elements and mechanics was was awesome. I loved I love doing that. But yeah, there's there's definitely some some. If you're playing on the casual difficulty, which I assume you were, uh, uh, if, I was playing on the one where you can't get people that die. I guess that's classic. Yeah. Well, uh, you people can't, can't, can't. They can't. They can't come back. They can't come back. Okay, so you were playing classic, and you still found it to be overpowered. Uh, I guess you can you uh, can do the skirmish stuff where you can level up people independently. Um, I didn't really do that either. I really? See, the thing is, I'm I'm worried that I. So my only exposure to Fire Emblem as a series is the one, the first one that they brought to America on the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that game was fantastic. I don't know if I ever beat it, but I got damn close. Um, yeah, I remember that one being incredibly difficult. But this one, I don't know if I was missing something because everyone, like, I got uh, a few of my classes up. You know, the Master Seal, whatever that thing is, to mm-hmm. like their higher level. And uh, they just were unstoppable at that point. Like, my sniper could kill almost one-shot everybody unless it was, like, a heavily armored guy. But if that was the case, then my guy who wielded, like, axes and hammers could take them out. Like, I was one-shotting everybody, and I just wasn't... I mean, that feels good to a certain extent, but I just wasn't having too much fun with it anymore. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. The story, I think shines in those dialogue trees with character relationships the writing is hysterical like i was not expecting to laugh when playing a fire emblem game mm-hmm. but uh yeah i don't know like i think i gave it a fair shake but i i kind of i grew up playing tactics games in advanced wars one a lot and the entire time i was playing it i was like i would much rather another advanced wars game which i feel like we've talked about in the past mm-hmm. and i've also like re-downloaded XCOM on my PC, and I want to play that again. So I feel like it gave me, it wet my appetite for those games, but that one in particular just wasn't really doing it. I don't know, and I feel bad because I know that's like the universal. This, is, if you have a 3DS, you should buy this, which is why I did. But I don't know, it's it, maybe wrong time. It definitely is a much more approachable Fire Emblem game than than more of the other ones, and I think uh, by approachable, I do mean easy in that sense. Um, so I, I can definitely see where maybe the strategy isn't as, as deep, um, for, for some of that, where you could have some of those characters bowling over. I, I know that the, uh, is it called intense difficulty or, or whatever the, the highest difficulty is that starts to get really, really into that challenging area. Um, but, but yeah, it, it, it seems like you have other issues more than just, uh, the difficulty. Yeah, I'll never turn up my nose to a game and say, too easy, I'm I'm a good video game man. I'm a horrible video game man. <clears throat> like, I, I'll take the path of least resistance all the time. Um, I played Mass Effect 3 on the little storybook mode. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't want to, I just want to glide through this. Sure. Um, but yeah, something about, like, I didn't have a good, I guess, the, that popular phrase. I, the gameplay loop just wasn't engaging. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, well, I mean, I'm I, I still love that game. It, it's probably one of my my favorite games of all time. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so really, I take it as a personal affront. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're an awful person for saying those things, Zach, and and I I'm really disappointed in you. <laughs> I'm I'm more happy that I managed to 
keep my, it managed to keep my attention for you know 16 hours i thought that was cool yeah that is cool i that i mean that's <laughs> you could play titan souls a few different times uh with, yes. with that amount of of, uh, of hours um, and today and today i actually just started playing luigi's mansion dark moon oh okay which is charming as all get out i love that game so much did you play the um, original uh luigi's mansion on gamecube yeah, like I, I, so the GameCube was one of the first systems I got, um, like within months of it launching. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I got a sixty-four a couple years after, but the GameCube was like my first thing. So, Luigi's Mansion was one of those earlier Doctor games, and uh, my cousin and I stayed up all night and played through it in one sitting. And so I have a lot of memories of that. And I thought they were clouded, but playing through Dark Moon has been like, oh, I remember what. You know, Professor E. Gad sounds like I remember how the paper bills floated in the air. I remember how to capture a ghost. Like it was crazy how much that game impressioned me. Um, yeah, I loved it. That's really fascinating. I, I've actually never played the original Luigi's Mansion. I bought it years later, but actually never put it into a GameCube because uh, at that point the Wii was uh, very far along, and and the Wii U might have actually been coming out by the time I got a copy of Luigi's Mansion. Uh, I did buy Dark Moon. I've played a little bit of it. I like it. Uh, but it just, I think, I think not having that nostalgia for the first game is kind of hurting my experience with, uh, with Dark Moon. Um, I don't know. I think it is largely nostalgia based for me. Like I, uh, I don't know. And I think Luigi's just such a, you know, Nintendo's done a lot of weird things with that character, but, uh, this one, he's a little bit more grounded in just kind of a scaredy cat, you know, Mm -hmm. like he's the reluctant hero and that's, I don't know the, the game's charm is just really keeping my interest like i just want to know what it's going to do next even when like luigi jumps into a level or like he gets digitized into a level Mm -hmm. and he like has to get his footing and then like slips and falls and he's like oh wow and like it's i don't know you know something (laughs) about it has a lot of nintendo charm sure and on my day off i i just thought i'd you know sit down for four hours and play a game so yeah (laughs) it's been a lot of fun so far that's great. I mean, I wish I, I wish I had more time to play games, and I would if I budgeted my time better. And I absolutely don't. But I'm, I'm just slowly but surely getting this giant stack of handheld games I'd like to play, or I see something that I haven't played and and really would like to, so I end up buying it, or uh, like a, a super old game I'll find on Amazon for cheap, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, I'll, I'll play that. Maybe do a podcast on it, and then it just sits. So like right right now I just bought uh, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, and that I definitely want to get to, and I have no idea when. Uh, I should I should play it tonight. I should play it this weekend, but uh, I don't know. I also bought Pokemon Puzzle Challenge for the Game Boy Color. I think it's Pokemon Puzzle Challenge, not Puzzle, Puzzle League. Puzzle League is the sixty four game. Oh, I think right. I think Challenge is what it's called on the Game Boy Color. It's the same it's the same style game. Um, but, uh, that, that was cheap and I know that game is good and I really wanted to play it and I ha- I own it now and, uh, who knows when I'll actually get to it. Uh, and then I also preloaded, uh, speaking of Fire Emblem, I preloaded the, uh, one of the new Fire Emblem games that's coming out uh, in the next couple of weeks. And that is, uh, the Fire Emblem Fates. Uh, I did the Birthright version, which is the one that I guess is closer to Awakening, uh, whereas the other one, I think it's, is that called Conquest? I don't know. I, I still refer to it as Fire Emblem If. Yes, uh, definitely. If was if was a cool subtitle that was in Japan. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know I'll play Conquest later, but that one is uh, apparently geared closer to something like Shadow Dragon or the earlier 
the earlier Fire Emblem games. So uh, eventually I'll play both of them because I, I really like Fire Emblem. And, uh, and those, will, those will get played too. But uh, right now, the thing that I'm playing the most isn't even a handheld game. It is, uh, it is The Witness on PS4. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, the witness is awesome, and it, this isn't really the forum to talk about it because it's a uh, console and PC game, and it's a handheld games podcast. But I will say that the witness is cool. Uh, yeah, and this is from a man that wants to kill Jonathan Blow. I I just don't like Braid. Yeah, no, that's I, fair. That's I, fair. I, I really, <laughs> I, and I yeah, I think I think Jonathan Blow uh, says some things that I don't always agree with, and. Uh, I think he also says some things that are that are really you know pushing the industry forward and, and has some good insight. But uh, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, Braid just did not grab me, and uh, and the witness is is grabbing me and holding me tight. So that that's that is a, a great playing game, and uh, I think it is supposed to be coming to iOS at some point. So uh, I, I mean, I don't I don't know if I'll do a podcast on it, but uh, it at least would be up for podcast worthiness if it's on a handheld machine at that point i i would love to play it on a vita uh, which will never happen but uh that game seems like it would be it would be nice and tailor-made for for the things that the vita can do so yeah hey and i know we're kind of in the weeds a little bit just now but um oh shit oh shit did i just forget what i was gonna say Uh at all Uh uh-oh keep keep going keep going (laughs) okay uh, well, I was actually kind of done, so you're you're screwed here, buddy. Um, okay. Oh no, no, no! My cousin, yes, thank God. Whew. Uh, <laughs> he's been talking to me about this game that just came out, Final Fantasy Explorers. Oh, yeah, isn't and that so like the, the Monster Hunter style Final Fantasy? Yeah, and so so we're talking about you know once he he works nights and I don't, so once he gets on a, like a good shift, we're going to maybe start to play that uh, you know every night. Nice. And get a feel for it because he said it, it's like a cross between Monster Hunter and Final No 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 Monster Hunter and uh, Fantasy Star, like the the GameCube mm-hmm. ones, those weird MMOs that myself and my cousins played as offline as possible. Right. <laughs> um, so that that sounded pretty cool. So that may be something I'm going to check out. I don't know. Well, if you get way into it and and it's super cool, let me know because I. I would like to play a game like that, but I get scared away because I would only be playing it single player. And and I know it has some online matchmaking uh, that you can get into, uh, but I still there's still something about just playing it with strangers that that's not that appealing to me. So if if I had a, a couple people that I knew who played that and it was really cool, I'd be totally up for it. Cool. Cool. Um, well, let's. Uh, you want to talk about Titan Souls? I could talk about Titan Souls, yes. Let's talk about some Titan Souls. So we'll get the uh, we'll get this stuff kind of out of the way first. Just the the kind of background here. Titan Souls came out April fourteenth of twenty fifteen on the PC. Uh, it also came out for uh, Mac, and uh, and then ports were made for the PS four, Vita, and then like I said, some kind of Android device. Uh, I I only saw on the Wikipedia page that it said Android. I don't think it's on a phone, so I don't know what that means. Um, but in any case, uh, Titan Souls is kind of like a top-down action-adventure game, um, and and it seems like it really just takes three three big inspirations and kind of smashes into one game. And you want to take? I mean, you can you could guess at what these three are, can't you? Oh yeah, like the name and just one sentence about the game, you know, set me off for yeah. sure. I was like, oh cool, I'm in. 
yeah i mean it, it's it's very clearly a lot of shadow of the colossus uh some some legend of zelda thrown in there and then like every other game these days it, it takes some something from dark souls or it takes something that dark souls did that everyone now attributes to dark souls uh and and kind of throws those three into this into this nice little indie game package um so it was originally built as a flash game for the Ludum Dare, and and I know some people pronounce it Dare. I think in the in the actual Latin it is pronounced Dare, which I, is is Dare game or is Dare give? I don't remember. Uh, but I it, am not Latin. <laughs> uh, it basically translates to to give a game. Um, so it's a uh, for Ludum Dare twenty eight, uh, and that's a game jam, and and that. Uh, where, where people come to, you know, for people who don't know what game jams are, people come together, they make games in, in relatively short amount of time. I think 48 hours is usually what the, what the generally accepted uh, time for a game jam is. And then everyone kind of presents their games and, and then people decide on a winner for different categories and that kind of stuff. Uh, so Ludum Dari is one of the bigger ones, and uh, each time they have a theme. So this one was in December of 2013, and the theme was You Only Get One. And, uh, and for this, for Titan Souls, the one, uh, I mean, I, I could refer to a, a good number of things. I, I think it's more of just your, your weapon of choice because you are a, a single player character, kind of like a, a link in, in Zelda with this top down, um, top down perspective. And you have a single arrow that you can shoot and you have to pull it back or, or go pick it up to be able to shoot it again. Um, and then I, I guess there's a, there's an element of one life as well that you you only take one hit before you're dead and have to go back uh, to a checkpoint to uh, to restart. Um, but yeah, uh, it was it was uh, it started as that flash game. It, it uh, placed first overall at the at Ludum Dare 28, and then was later ported from uh, Flash to a new engine. It redebuted at E3 2014. And uh, it had a originally it only had three bosses for the for the Flash Game Jam version, and and when it uh, debuted uh, in at E3, that number had jumped to to sixteen, which by the way is the same number of bosses as Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, there, I don't know there there might be a connection there, um, and uh, and then it was being published uh, by Devolver Digital. And Devolver, you might know, uh, as being, like, one of the best indie publishers ever. Uh, Like, they've been doing a hell of great stuff lately. Uh, Hotline Miami 1 and 2. Luftrausers. Uh, I I really like Luftrausers. Ali Ali 1 and 2. Heavy Bullets is a really cool PC game. Uh, The Talos Principle is a a puzzle game. Uh, that that uh, first person puzzle game. It's kind of like it's kind of like The Witness a little bit if you're if you're interested in that kind of thing. Uh, Not a hero, Ronan, Downwell. Uh, they've been publishing a lot of really cool stuff. And uh, I had no idea they did Downwell. Yeah, uh, that was another one of theirs, uh, or publishing anyway. But yeah, yeah. Um, so Titan Souls is is in there as well, and. Uh, and yeah, like like we said, that came out in in April of of 2015, this last year here. Uh, so another three Titans were added uh, from from that point, like from E3 2014 to the time it was released. So there are, there are 19 total, and uh, and yeah, the uh, the ports were done by uh, by Abstraction Games, uh, which I, it's kind of interesting to me about port work because I really don't understand anything about how games get ported. 
I yeah, it seems like some black magic. Very much so, and and I know there it takes a lot for these games to play. It it, it seems like the, the end product is kind of a uh, uh, anticlimactic because you're just trying to make make it run as well as it did on another system. There's there's nothing special about you know moving it to Vita other than like hey it's on a Vita now, but like, nobody nobody pays attention to good port work. But you really pay attention to bad port work. Like, oh man, this game is awful on XYZ system. Like, why couldn't it be as good as the original? But if if a game's just solid, nobody ever kind of worries about it. And uh, I'll say for Abstraction Games, like, nobody has worried about any of the port work that they've done, uh, to my knowledge. Uh, they ported Hotline Miami 1 and 2 to Vita and to PS3 and to PS4 and to tons of other stuff. Uh, they ported Rogue, Rogue Legacy to Xbox One. They ported Don't Starve to PS3. Um, there's a there's a cool game that I'm playing a little bit right now. It's, it's it's just this tiny little game. I think it's only two or three dollars on the on the Vita. It's called Heroes of Loot. Uh, it's it's just a, a tiny little roguelike game with with some pixel graphics. Uh, but that's that's kind of cool too. And and Abstraction Games uh, also ported that one to Vita. Uh, so cool, good on Abstraction Games for for doing good stuff. Because uh, I I think the Vita version of this game is is kind of the one to play. I I haven't played it on PC, and you have. Can you? I I, I mean I I assume it plays pretty darn well there. Yeah, it's. I mean it's it's 1080, and yeah, I mean it's just. It, I it, I assume I would get the exact same experience playing it on Vita. Which it's funny you mentioned like the whole you know if you don't do if your company doesn't port something well it gets more attention than a good port. Because, like, I think about that a lot with, um, and this is, I think, very much the same industry, but HD re-releases or something like that. Sure. Like, there, there are certain companies where if you hear their name on an HD re-release, you think, oh, cool, it's going to be great. Or, like, it's it's going to be, it's you know, it's going to work at least. So, I don't know. I, I, I like that. That was that was a good topic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think of I think of some place and like another really well known uh, developer like Iron Galaxy, uh, who's done a lot of port work for for different companies and and some kind of better than others. Like uh, I I wouldn't say that the Borderlands Vita port is particularly well done, <laughs> um, but that's also just the Vita not being a super powerful machine for for that kind of a giant game. So it's actually kind of awesome that they were able to do it at all. Um, and then uh, I, it, we're not going to go into bad ports, but uh, but there are there are ports that are done well and there are ports that, that aren't done well. And, and this one is, is done really well. And if you're a person who likes handheld games and especially the Vita, port work is kind of your friend because uh, there are very few games that are being started on the Vita or are Vita exclusives and, and maybe will go somewhere else. It usually is the other way around. Uh, like it was in this case, but uh, but yeah. So this is I'm gonna, I'm going to let you talk a little bit more, Zach, because uh, you seem to be more of a fan of this game than I am. Um, not that I don't like it, I just I don't think I like it to your degree. So so tell me a little bit more about uh, Titan Souls and and what's going on in the game and what you're doing and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I think it, this comes on a strong background of myself adoring Shadow of the Colossus and Dark Souls. And I guess Zelda to a certain degree, um, but Titan Souls starts you out as a, a what looks like a little boy girl, <laughs> like, kind of androgynous, yeah, yeah, a genderless, sexless <laughs> figure, all very nice. Uh, and you pick up 
Well, I don't know. It's kind of an ambiguous start. Like, you get a bow and an arrow, and then you wake up on this little portal thing, and then you are given very little instruction through a tutorial, and you begin to go into boss layers and fight enemies, or just bosses, without any enemies in between the bosses, which is very Shadow of the Colossus. Mm-hmm. Um, it runs great. Uh, it's in a very... I guess, you know, pixel art style, which, because it's an indie game, it's required by law to have. Um, <laughs> but the bosses are rendered in a really cool, um, you know, near-cell-shaded 3D. Um, I, I made a video about this game, and I, I, I kind of likened how the, you know, the, the 3D against the, uh, I guess, 2D backgrounds, it kind of looks like it, it had a novelty, you know, similar to Mode 7 on the Super Nintendo and Game Boy Advance. How you're like, oh, that looks really cool. It doesn't really fit in, but I'm kind of impressed, you know. So that's that's kind of the way the bosses look. Um, but the the kicker is, you know, you, I, I didn't know this whole uh, loud am dairy competition. <laughs> I didn't know it came out of Ludum Dare. Um, uh, with that theme of you know one, you only get one. So in this game, you only get one hit until you die. You only get one arrow. You only get one weapon. Um, and so the cool thing about this arrow that you that can kill these bosses is, you know, you shoot it and then you can recall your arrow. So the arrow doesn't go very far, but as soon as you shoot it, you have to hold down the same button that you fired it with to recall the arrow and hold it in, you know, you can shoot it again. It's a reusable arrow, which is apparently, according to the story, which is, I think, there, but kind of not really. Like, I, I thought, oh, I should really get into exploring the lore of the story, but... I don't know if a you know, two-hour game is really worth my time. Yeah, it's to, you know, it's very vague in its storytelling. Like, it, there's there's definitely some story there and some lore to, to dig up and, and even some, uh, like, reading. I ended up reading a couple of uh, some fan theories about, you know, why why the Titans are there in the first place and what they're protecting and how how some of these land masses have, have changed or how some of these Titans have changed and... Uh, there's, like, you get into some of the naming conventions for these, for these Titans, which is, is kind of rarely shown in the game. Most of them have, like, a jumble of, of, um, like, glyphs and things for their names, so you don't really understand who they are. Um, and, and a few of them just have, uh, Arabic, English writing to, to tell you exactly what their names are, but, um... Uh, looking looking it up online and just seeing what some of these guys were named, what some of these titans were named as, and and how they correspond to things in in like the Bible and things. And and I will uh, I'll link to link to one of the more interesting ones where you get into the idea of um, uh, well, there's there's one titan that his name is very close to Goliath. I think it's Gold Dash Luth. Uh, so it's it it very much looks like Goliath. And in in the Bible, the, the there was a, a character who killed Goliath's brother, and uh, there is some 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 things in the game where the uh, a Titan that looks like it should be very closely tied in with Golath is is already dead or is already banished to a different part, and this this other character now kind of takes over uh, um, some other. Part of the game. I'm trying to be very vague, um, and and you can dig into that article more if you'd like to like to know more of that kind of crazy stuff. But that that's interesting to 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 know that there at least is something more there uh, if you're willing to dig for it. But you you kind of do have to dig for it because it's not very overt. Right. It, it 
it follows a trend where uh, of stories in games that I really like where like I don't know, as, as maybe a younger person, I would have been more compelled to be like, oh, I want to find meaning in this. Like, I really got into Shadow of the Colossus, like, fanfic, mm-hmm. and, like, and just, like, reading, trying to understand what, what that was all about. But I think when I, as I got older, I was just like, okay, cool. I know there's something more here. I don't know if there really is, but I can, you know, I can get enjoyment out of knowing that <clears throat> it's, you know, possible that a they're you know they they hold things be behind the veil you know they they don't really tell you everything it's it's not explicit it's implied you know so so there's some story around the arrow like that i don't i don't know there's a boss where you climb up his chest and he's like this big mountain god and everything and he kind of go he, he says like oh you've done horrible things for that arrow do you think it'll be worth it or something to that effect and i was like oh cool all right and i just kept on going but I guess the thing that is great about these boss fights is that they can last like uh, 30 minutes of horrible repetition <laughs> until you can understand how to best you know, kill them. Or they can last five seconds because bosses only take one hit to kill. Um, that's, that's what I really enjoyed because it, the game lends itself to you feeling incredible like for killing a boss because just the way that they, they position the, the music in... I guess the way it looks when you kill a boss is really, really interesting. Cause once you hit their weak spot, you know, a gong rings, the, the screen gets very bright and you recall your arrow out of, you know, let's just say their heart or their weak point and you absorb their soul through that way. It, I think there was 19, I, I forgot what you said already. Yeah. 19. But you do this 19 times and it doesn't get old. Like you're like, Oh, thank God. I finally killed this boss that I've been, you know, it, yeah, it's the, it's the dark souls feeling that everyone's, probably very aware of now like oh i have been banging my head against the wall for 30 minutes but now i'm finally like reaping the reward and so satisfying um but unlike dark souls you know you that fights can take upwards of 10 minutes and you die and titan souls you can probably die in 10 seconds and you just kind of have to you know be a crazy person and try it over and over again which is why nobody liked playing left for dead with me (laughs) see so maybe maybe i Maybe I'm not a crazy person then, because that is that is my issue with the game. Uh, that is my main issue with the game is how uh, how the the amount of time you spend with these titans and and like we said, there are only 19 total enemies in this entire game, and and one of those, the the one that you talked about, the the big landmass one, he doesn't even really fight back. He kind of fights back with words. Right. Uh, so so really, only 18 that you're actually actively fighting against. And some of those can just be over immediately where you barely even see what the boss even is or is supposed to do. Or I I like the idea. I liked learning the patterns of the bosses and then attacking them that way. And and when, especially for some of those early bosses that are relatively easy, uh, if you just kind of get lucky and hit them at the right time, super early, the, the fight's just over. And, in the way the game is set up where each boss is just a single encounter. And once you're done with it, you never come back to it. And, uh, you just, you kind of, it, it feels like I lock myself away from part of the game. Once I beat one of these, uh, I was going to say Colossi, uh, but I totally mean Titans. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, like, uh, the, uh, one of the, one of the early bosses, the, I think it's called the Eye Cube, which is a super clever name for an enemy that is really just an eye in a in a cube. 
He's one of the hardest. Oh, God, I hated it. See, it, it, that one wasn't hard for me, and I think it was more that I just accidentally was in the right spot at the right time, shot my arrow and hit his eye and, and killed him. Whereas, you know, I, I could totally see somebody going around and having trouble with that boss because they weren't able to set up the, the, the cube in the right way. So uh, for, for people who aren't sure, the, the cube, the this, this eye is only on one side of the cube and the boss kind of rolls around this chessboard looking place. So you need to set it up so you're looking at the eye as it's facing towards you and then shoot the arrow at the right time. Uh, and don't let him crush you, which he totally will. Um, but yeah, like that, that one I finished in literally three seconds. And never got the the frustration or the the sense of real accomplishment that that I'm sure you got after you beat it because I just kind of accidentally fell into it. Yeah. And I think it it I don't know, I'm I'm kind of a sap like I have this whole like I'm a, you know, engineer boy, I'm a math and science man, but like I get really sappy over the simplest things like and it's the it's that's what that's why I just absorbed a, a shadow of the Colossus just took me when I was a, a boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> just realize how stupid I sound right now. Um, <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus was so good in that it was so tragic, like up until the very ending where you don't even see your main character reap the rewards of, you know, what he just did. And so I feel like in that, you know, Shadow of the Colossus is this huge long journey that is just, just hurts you as you do it more and more. Titan souls kind of, hurts you in the way and like makes you feel sad in a way where like how abrupt all the deaths are. I don't know. It really struck a chord with me. And this is, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting so like heady about this, but it no, really I like the headiness. It good. really struck a chord with me. Like, Oh, that was an abrupt death. And that kind of like didn't sit well with me. Like when you die, like the music cuts out, the enemy keeps on pummeling your body. I love that. Like if an enemy had hands, it would just keep on pulverizing your body to make sure you were dead and like how quickly and silent quick and silent the deaths were in this game. We're just like, Oh shit. Oh shit. It's dead. Or I'm dead. Like, it, I don't know. Something about that kind of rattled me. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, I really, I, I wish I had the experience that you did because I, I too uh, was, was taken by shadows charms. Um, and, and that actually sounds like a romance. Novel. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, some Fabio shit right there. Um, I've, I actually just finished reading uh, Nick Sutner's book uh, on Shadow of the Colossus, which is a super good read, uh, and I'll also link that in the show notes. Um, that was from Boss Fight Books, and it's it's really good. And it made me think about Shadow of the Colossus a lot in, in ways that I hadn't, which uh, he even talks about Titan Souls a little bit in the book. And it, it made me think about Titan Souls, too, which led to me wanting to, to do this podcast as well. Um, I want to buy that book. It, it's really good. <laughs> I... I I like it a lot, um, but it it brought up something that I don't that that also bugs me about Titan Souls in that like the the character in Shadow of Colossus has this really clear goal at the at the beginning of the game you see Wonder the main character Wonder uh, taking this girl named Mono uh, to this temple and silently kind of asking this uh, entity to to help bring her back to life. And the entity, Dorman, uh, tells him that he has to kill all these colossi. And once he has, then it will restore uh, life back to Mono. 
And it seems like he has this noble goal at the beginning of the game. And as you're playing the game and killing these colossi, which seem to be uh, you know, not doing anything, they don't mean you any harm, they're, they're not attacking anything, they're just living their lives in this really secluded place. Like you are, you are the one who are, you are the one interrupting them and, and invading their space and killing them. And it, it kind of makes you feel less noble as you continue playing. And, and there is that sense of, you know, you stab the, stab the creature and the, the black life force comes out of it and then goes into you and your character looks darker and grimier as the, as the game wears on. And you get to this part where you just don't want to, you don't want to do it anymore. Like you, you wonder, it's not, it's not the game set telling you anything. It's your own kind of guilt over like, man, I like what I'm doing in this game isn't like my cause isn't noble anymore. Now I'm just being a dick and this, this sucks. And like, you know, you have to finish it because the game doesn't let you do anything else. And you're still trying to save this girl and, uh, I, I'm not going to ruin the end of Shadow, Col- Shadow of the Colossus, but you know, there's it, you you become darker as you play it, and I think Titan Souls aims for a similar goal, but I just don't. It doesn't feel like it has. It doesn't feel like it earns it as much. Um, yeah, it, I completely agree. Like I think what Titan Souls accomplishes in that, I guess in that similar vein, like you do feel like you're doing a bad thing. Like, you do feel like you are somewhat of a bad guy um, as you kill these things. And I maybe I'm putting that on it. Maybe I'm putting that on the narrative because I know, like, when I, I love playing as the bad guy in games because, like, uh, you, if it's unflinching and it doesn't let you decide what to do, like, that's why I love The Last of Us ending so much. Like, it just doesn't – you have to be, you know, what you are in that game. Right. Um, but, yeah, I just love being the bad guy. But, yeah, there's no emotional tie to why your character is accomplishing any of this, really. Yeah, I don't mind being the bad guy. I just want I want a reason to know that, you know, what's the justification here? And and even the, the, the Titan itself, like we talk about the, the, the landmass one that's speaking to you as you're climbing up it to, to kill it. And it kind of asks you straight up. Like, what are you what are you doing this for? Like, are you are you doing this for power or knowledge or, or what's going on? And you, know, you your character doesn't give any sort of answer. And I think that kind of sucks. Like, I think I, you don't. It, this game just takes whole cloth from Shadow in so many different aspects that I I, I wouldn't mind one more <laughs> if if it gave me a really good justification for for why this character wants to kill all these things. And, and the best one I can come up with is that it's your, your player character is, is looking to learn the, the quote unquote truth. And, uh, and sorry for the little bit of a spoiler here, but truth is this final secrety boss in the game. And, and you, you attack and fight truth at the, at the end. Um, but, but still, I don't, I don't really know what that accomplishes. And, and that that's something that was hard to wrestle. It's it's easier to wrestle with when it's when you know more of the backstory of you know why the game was made and how it was made and how it came from this game jam and and you know these the the guy or guys who made it you know really like Shadow of the Colossus and really like Dark Souls and really like Legend of Zelda and they made a game that had a lot of those sensibilities in it. That's that's totally fine. 
but but as a person who wants to enjoy this thing as its own separate entity, it's it's difficult because I I just all I see are the influences, and I don't see the uh, see like what original thing this game has to offer. Yeah, and I think. I, yeah, I, I bounce back and forth. I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty strong. And, yeah, you know, me getting sappy over how quick the death was. And I uh, bounce from that to, like, okay, this really is just the sum of its parts. Like, it's, you know, it's it's Shadow of the Colossus, it's Dark Souls, it's Zelda, it's all this stuff. But what kept me, I guess, because I'm me, I really liked the, um, yeah, just how it was so rinse and repeat. Like how you just had to keep on, you know, throwing, hurling your dead bodies at a boss until it was dead. Um, well, speaking to that, like, did, so you enjoyed the difficulty? It's yes, I did. Um, I, 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 so I got. I, I feel like I bring this up on every other show I'm on with you. <laughs> okay, but I, I, uh, I got through Mega Man Nine and like I got it down to like 50 minutes. I could beat that game, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't know. I really just like, oh, got to perfect this pattern. Oh, didn't get it. Oh, didn't get it. Oh, didn't get it. Like, I, I would play in plus for dozens of hours until I just could get one level down, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't know what that says about me that I can just zone out and drone on and look like a crazy person as I try the same objective over and over again and getting the same result. But I think Titan Souls played on that a little bit. What was frustrating. And it, I went back and forth on this too. Like when you die, you're never more than like I think I timed it. You're never more than ten seconds away from a boss. Like you'll die and you'll spawn at your little spawn point for the area that you're in, and then you can get back to that fight in less than ten seconds. And it, it feels it feels longer, but you might be right. Yeah, sometimes it feels too long, and I'm like, God, I just don't want to go up these stairs, get down there. Okay, and now I'm back in the boss chamber. But I also thought about what it would look like if you were. Um, if like you died and you just instantly started the fight over again without that quiet time in Mm -hmm. between, you know, your death and the next fight. And I I didn't like that idea either. So it, sometimes it sucked that you had to keep continuously run back, but I also didn't like the alternative of like a super meat boy style. Right. That's another thing I wrestled with as well. Like I, I enjoyed that quiet time to reflect on, on why I died, what the boss was doing, what I should try for the next time. And, and just getting myself mentally prepared or, or even, you know, it's a way of, of hitting pause without having to actually physically hit a pause button that, you know, you're just in a place that there aren't any enemies. You can take a break from the game. You can be frustrated. You can yell your obscenities like that's that's all fine. Um, but my issue and it's it's not so much an issue with difficulty and and the word difficulty is is a, a tough word because what does it exactly mean? Um, I, I didn't mind the challenge of fighting the, the, the different Titans. I, I liked learning their secrets. And my favorite, my favorite Titans in the game are the ones that have multiple stages to them. Like, like you said, every, every boss takes one hit, really. But, but there are things that will keep you from hitting its weak points so you, it prolongs the fight in different ways. And I really enjoyed the ones that prolonged the fight, uh, even though those ended up being the hardest ones because your character still only takes one hit and can and just dies super easily. Um, so I, I know I know it goes against what the game's going for, but 
and then not to you know armchair game design here, but I, I would really like like it if if your character could take two or three hits, and and even if you upped the bosses to ha- to take two or three hits as well, and and just had them both equal in that sense, just so I could have more time with each Titan for each run, where I could where I could understand what the pattern was or, or learn the pattern a little bit better or or find the trick and and feel like I'm actually doing something in the game rather than just immediately dying and waking up from that 10 second away place and going, well, I didn't learn anything on this run. So I guess I would just better run back and, and see if I learn anything on the next one. Um, there were, there were definitely times where I had churned through it enough times where it was like, okay, now I think I finally have an idea of what, what I'm supposed to do here and, and where the opening is. But there were other times where I just kept going and not learning anything. And those were the times where you just really wanted to put the game down and never come back to it because you, I, I was stuck at a wall that I wasn't, I wasn't getting past. Uh, and I think if I was able to explore the, the actual boss layers a little bit with the boss in there, uh, that, that, that might help. Um, I mean, it, there, there are some enemies in Dark Souls that can one-shot you, but most of the time... You know, bosses will do tons of damage to you, but you you'll still be able to take a hit, maybe two, and and you're kind of, you you were able to explore those those areas a little bit more. I I mean, full disclosure, I also don't really like Dark Souls, but um, but I can at least appreciate how there's there's a little bit more time to learn in those games, and and I think yes. that's something that kind of bugs me about bugs me about Titan Souls. Yeah, no, I think I think you're that's completely fair. And uh, that's that's one thing I was trying to. Yeah, I think you put it better than I would have earlier in this podcast. But like, I uh, yeah, when you walk into a Dark Souls boss room and the heat and the boss like hits you and it takes away all or maybe you know most of your health mm-hmm. for some reason, like you have a little bit more time when you're in that boss room to like think and kind of understand what you need to do next. Whereas Titan Souls, yeah, you can start a boss fight and be dead within half a second. And you don't really know what went wrong. Whereas mm-hmm. Dark Souls, either, I mean, there's one of two options. Either you think, okay, I went about this the wrong way. I'm going to equip this armor and try to do some of this stuff. Or you take the approach that I more often than not take, which is like, oh, I'm clearly underpowered. I'm going to summon somebody to help me do this. Right. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, overall, in Dark Souls, you have a lot more time to think during the boss fight, whereas Titan Souls feels. I don't know, maybe more, I don't know if it's the right word, but maybe more arcadey in that sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and and that, it also takes me back to, to a thought that you had brought up before about, you know, the, the kind of shell, cell-shaded, neat-looking uh, titans, and, and they have some of that kind of Mode 70-style-looking stuff to it, and some of them are designed really well and, and look awesome. And... I'd just like more time to appreciate that. And when I kill a boss like iCube in, you know, two, three seconds and, and don't, don't get to, you know, view him in all his splendor, like, and see his giant eye laser that, that is like this pretty shade of purple and and to see him crashing around, I just missed out on, on some of that art. And if he took three hits or if he took two hits and, and your character also took a couple more hits, like I, I feel like I would be able to get more out of those fights and really be able to appreciate the game more than usual. Like my my fav one of my favorite bosses visually 
uh, I think is one that you're also pretty fond of as well. It's uh, the I think the, the boss's name is Anixia, but it's the the serpent in the in the ice cave. Oh, chili snake. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yes, uh, chili snake. We'll go with that. Um, that that is a gorgeous boss. Uh, Hell yeah. That is taken again, taken whole cloth from Shadow of the Colossus. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the the uh, electric eel boss in the water, um, and it, I don't think it's quite as scary as the one in Shadow of the Colossus. Like the the serpent boss in Shadow of the Colossus is the is one of the scariest things I've ever encountered in a video game. So actually, uh, to take a tangent, um, go for it. I I have what's what's the fear? What's can you define agoraphobia for me? Agoraphobia is the one of is. Uh, big outdoor spaces you're afraid of it's it's the opposite of claustrophobia okay i'm afraid of big things so okay i'm, I'm kind of close there so no like shadow of the colossus has huge enemies and stuff like that and i don't know what it is and this is maybe a personal problem but over the past like i want to say seven or eight years my fear of large objects has gotten worse and worse and if you place most anything underneath water and make it big. Yeah, I I nearly pass out. I'm not even kidding. Like I I feel faint. I've never <laughs> had that like oh, and you know faint moment in my life until I played Spore. And oh, wow, I mean I should have fainted because that's just a bad game. But like <laughs> the stage where you have your little guy and you're walking around trying to like communicate with tribes and everything, mm-hmm. uh, you can fly out into the ocean and drop into the ocean i don't know if you knew this and if you drop into the ocean a monster the size of the screen jumps out of the water and eats you holy shit i did not know that i passed out and was in my garbage can because my garbage can was next to my computer desk oh wow i woke up going huh like (laughs) and so ever since then i i thought oh i have clearly have a fear of underwater sea creatures and then that's my thing now. So, like, even pictures of octopi freak me out. <laughs> I mean, like I'm Thulu is the worst. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think big things in general uh, are are that big of a deal to me. But uh, but definitely the water element, and and you know, me, I, I can chalk it up to to the same reason that many other people do. Uh, Jaws was a fucking scary movie yes. for its time. Uh, and just the idea, the idea of seeing like the shadow underneath or like seeing something obscured and in this murky water and you're not really sure what's, what's going on. And, and then just something quickly comes out and grabs you like that is frightening to me. Uh, so in, in shadow of the Colossus, that boss like goes down into its, into its pool. It's, it's really dirty Lake where you don't get to see very far down and it just disappears. And that is chilling. But in, but in Titan souls, uh, I mean, it's, it's a shadow still, but it's, and and part of it's just the, the way the art style works of, it's just kind of this 2d shadow render thing on the, on the water. And, and you know where it is at all times and it doesn't seem that scary. And you also have this bird's eye view where you're kind of separate, separated from, uh, from I, I don't know the the perspective of of where it would be a little bit scarier, but um, it, it was just another time where I was like, oh wow, hey, cool that you grabbed that from Shadow, and and also it didn't 
just didn't have the weight that Shadow had. And and that goes back to my point. Like, it, it really sucks that I wanted to enjoy this game for its own merits. And, and I feel like the only things that I'm left with are comparing it to its inspirations. Yeah. No, and I, I didn't even think about that angle, but I, um, I can, I, that's totally valid. Like, I don't know if I, if I saw this as like, oh, it's just trying to do this. It's trying to do this, uh, Shadow of the Colossus thing or, oh, it's just trying to do this Dark Souls thing. I think I would have just maybe not enjoyed it as much, but I think part of it, <clears throat> um, part of my enjoyment comes from like, okay, these boss fights, you know, last very short amounts of time, um, you know, when compared to Shadow and Dark Souls. But, like, Dark Souls is a 60-hour game, or was for me, and those boss fights took, like, you know, 10 to 20 minutes each if it was a hard one that I was, you know, well paired up against with. Um, Shadow of the Colossus can take, you know, around the same amount of time. It's a shorter game. I think Titan Souls effectively scales that down for how short the game is. You know, it's around two hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for what it's accomplishing in two hours, yes, this, the, the length of those fights, I think, is worth noting. And it's actually, oh, like they effectively shrunk Shadow of the Colossus and Dark Souls into a two-hour game. But what that really means and like what the output looks like, yeah, maybe not appealing to a lot of people. Yeah, I don't I, I don't want to come off as as a person who hates this game because that's not the case. I actually really do like a lot of parts about it. Uh and and just the overall experience might not have lived quite up to to what I wanted it to be. Um and and that's on me, but you know, it is it is a cool game definitely with a lot of awesome stuff going for it and I I do think it's worth playing for people. Um I believe you can still even play the the Flash version. Uh, through a browser, if you want to just see kind of what this game's about uh, before before you decide to jump in and and you know pay fifteen or so dollars to play it on a Vita or a PC or something like that, but um, it does it definitely has some some cool elements and and I just I know there's a lot of biases going through my brain as I play it, um, and also it, it didn't take me any two hours it took me a hell of a lot longer and also i still haven't finished it because hell that game is hard and and there were just some things that i i just could not do and gave up on because i wasn't like i like i said i hit the that wall where i wasn't learning anything new and i just got frustrated and put it down because i have that pile of shame that i really need to get to and and you know there's there's a kind of time economics going on at some point Um, it's it's just odd that you call your significant other a pile of shame but you know (laughs) yeah no i i think i think in that reason you may just be a smarter man than me because i can honest to god just switch my brain off for 30 minutes and throw bodies at a boss like in all accounts that looks that is really dumb like i should i should have better (laughs) things to do well, I'm not going to go out and say that I'm smarter than you. I, I think you are a pretty smart guy with uh, that engineering mathy stuff that I can't do. So uh, there's there's definitely some give and take on that. Um, let's in the in the spirit of keeping this short, let's talk about a couple of our favorite bosses and then and then call this thing a show. Um, so we've already talked about a few. Um, I I actually went through the list. I so I watched a, a I I played through a good amount of these bosses. I'm not going to say that I only played like the first 3 and then stopped, but 
Um, I, I didn't quite finish it all, but I did watch a video to see all of the bosses. I know what all of them do. Uh, for some of them, like some of the ones that I'd beaten, I watched the video just so I could see, like, oh, that's what the whole thing was supposed to be about. I just beat him super quickly. Um, yeah, I very much agree with you in that regard, by the way, in previous talks. Like, yeah, I wish I could have seen some more of these bosses. <laughs> right. Or, or even if they just had a little bit more going for them. Because um, yeah. with Anixia, with that was another one that, that I didn't get to see very much of. I, I quickly understood that the tail was the, the thing that you needed to hit. Uh, I, I hit it pretty much immediately and didn't get to see... It, I didn't get to appreciate how awesome that boss looks. He looks really awesome. It's one of those ones that is in that kind of 3D style that you talked about that kind of jumps out of the screen and, ah, oh, it's so cool! And I, I only got to see it for a fraction of a second and then it was over. Um... But, but yeah, let's talk more about our, our favorite bosses. I actually have written down a list of all the bosses and what I think of all of them. So if, if you want to go and just sit, name a few or, or tell, me the, <laughs> tell me your names for them and, uh, and talk about them, let's, let's do it. Um, so I don't – okay, now that's pressure to make up names. But I think uh, one that jumps out to me, I don't know if it's my favorite, but one of the ones that I just really respected was the big old – uh, flower arms thing with the it was like this flower bud and then it had these spiky arms that would ram down. Did you play that one? Yep, that's my favorite boss. <laughs> like you, you yeah. started, you started with a showstopper. Uh, I think his name is Vine Vine Vinethesis or Vine. It's spelled Vine Thesis as one word. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce any of these things, but uh, but yeah, that that is the best boss. Tell tell me uh, tell me why you like it. Well, I think it, I mean it, it, so. Uh, it's this flower petal essentially with these four viney arms that slam against the ground and it kind of rotates. Um, the second you realize, like it has a lot of surprises as you play him over and over again. Like when you walk in there and he slams an arm down and you try to shoot an arrow at it just, you know, with no real reason, like most boss fights start out in the game, you shoot an arrow at it and you might just hit an arm. You can cut off his arms. Mm-hmm. And that's not required to beat the boss. That's just something you can do to make life easier on you, which there's kind of like an uncanny valley of like, oh, I'm actually getting better at this boss when you dip into that valley of like, I'm only trying to focus on shooting off its arms and I'm not trying to get to the weak spot. Right. So you can shoot off a couple limbs to make it easier or you can not at all and you can still beat this guy. Um, the coolest thing about it is you can shoot inside of the flower petal and then when you recall your arrow, you actually peel off a petal and reveal its soft spot, which you need to shoot the arrow at again. That's kind of one of those staged boss fights that you brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the feeling of like opening a huge flower with your, you know, force Jedi force powers, like that's that's <laughs> kind of cool. And then shooting an arrow back in there. It's all in all, it's just you see, you kind of have to see every element about that boss before you kill it, unlike the others like we've talked about in the past. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's why it's my favorite one, that, that it requires that you can't just beat it immediately, that it, it does have those stages on it where, where you do have to think about it a little bit more. It, it, there's a lot of stuff going on. It has four of those spiky, viney arms that, that it uh, attacks you with. Uh, and then it also spits out this poison gas that chases you around, and you can kind of stay in the poison gas for a little bit, but not very long, or you'll die. But it's it's a little unsure of how long you can actually stay in it. Um, I really like the arms because it was something that 
as a, as a person who's trying to learn stuff about the boss, it's something that you can learn really early that you can knock off these, these viney arm tentacle limbs. And the cool thing is you can knock them off in any amount of, of segmentation. Like you can, you can knock off like the, the quote unquote fingertip of, of this thing. And it still has most of its spiky vine arm left and you can keep shooting it and keep narrowing it down. Or you can have a nice shot at the very beginning and cut off the whole thing all at once. But even that's not enough because it still is spiky and it's still on the ground. And now you've boxed yourself in a little bit. Now it just acts as a as an extra wall, an extra obstacle for you to have to move around. Because if you hit it as you're walking around, you'll still die. So it, yeah. there's there's definitely this cool risk reward thing going on. Of well, I know by by taking these arms out, they can't come and slam at me anymore, and I can at least like get in a spot where I can't be touched by those arms. You still have the the poison gas that's coming at you, so you can't stay in one spot just waiting for the boss. You still have to keep moving, but it, it just, it gives it, it gives it that sense of stages where I still felt an accomplishment, even though I hadn't beaten it. Where it's like, Oh man, now I'm, I'm actually getting better. I'm learning. I'm figuring out what to do against this boss. And then, and then yes, like you said, like being able to learn like, Oh, now I can rip open. It's rip open one of these pedals. And now it's a, a waiting game for when I can get another shot in, into that center bulb. Uh, I also really like it because uh, one of <laughs> one of the uh, only Godzilla movies that I ever owned is is not a very good one. It is Godzilla versus Biolante, which is this just giant plant monster creature, uh, okay. and I, I really like Biolante. So that's that's the name. He looks very much like this boss in in the game. So uh, so yeah, Biolante was uh, was kind of my name for it. Like uh, like you would say, Chili Snake for Anixia. Um, and I was like, "Oh God, Biolante got me again!" And I got so that yes, Bio, uh <laughs> Sorry, uh, Vinethesis is uh, is definitely my favorite boss in the game, uh, and and it's one that was super frustrating when I played it at the time because uh, I feel like that one, I feel like that one took longer than ten seconds to get back to. Um, just I, you, it's in a forest area and it's past. It's like the it's one of the second bosses you would face in uh, in that area. So you kind of have to go past where the first boss would be, and and uh, yeah, I I did not I did not love making that trip again and again and again. But it was one of the few where I felt like I was actually progressing every single time I I got into uh, that lair and got to play it again. Yeah, and learning more about how how to take it down. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a very organic one. Um, I think a runner-up. I, I I don't know if these are favorites, just ones that really stick out to me. The Yeti was kind of cool. Okay, because I I did not like the Yeti. So talk talk to me about the Yeti. I like that when he threw the snowballs, they didn't kill you; they just kind of moved you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very much like a I don't know. Played on some, I, you know, it made me anxious when I played it because it it, um, it played on my fear of just like. There's claustrophobia. Like the second a ball hits you, you could get backed into this corner. And then the way he kills you with the snowballs is he just keeps on throwing them at you and it pummels your body into the wall. Um, so I was like, every single time he started throwing snowballs, but it's the way to, I mean, it's, you just have to dodge him effectively. I found that to be fun. That's what I remember the most about it. Mm. See, the, the thing I didn't like about that boss is I, I never got to puzzle it out. Like it was very obvious from the beginning 
what you have to do to that boss, and that's shoot it in the butt. It's the, the butt is this glowing weak point thing. You you see it. Uh, I guess depending on how you have him oriented, like you'll you'll see hit see his weak ass butt or just his weak ass, and and like okay, that's that's the thing I need to do. And then it was it was really just this big long waiting game and dodging and rolling and figuring out okay, when's the when's the time? Okay, it's right then and got it. And uh, that one was also really hard. Like I just, the the snowball attacks and the ro- big rolling attack. Like I was. Uh, that was that was just one where it's like, yeah, I know what to do. I just missed it that one. So okay, now I'll do it again. Yeah, okay, I I still know what to do, and I missed it again. And and I I don't know. I I just didn't get the sense of accomplishment because I felt like the accomplishment part was the was figuring out what you needed to do, and and I knew what to do from the very beginning of that fight. Um, it was cool though. Like he looks he looks cool. Yeah, it looks like Yeti. Yeah. Um, another one that I really liked uh, was the... Um, oh, let me look up his name. It's it's one of the Gol bosses, one of the, the Gollum-looking things. Uh, I think Gol Hevel is his name. Hevel, Hevel, whatever. Um, so that's the one that is is the big stone face that uh, will shoot the... the that It's just like the front part of the face that, that comes off and rotates around and and looks at you and you have to uh the trick and small spoiler for the game if you're going out to play it uh if you you should probably just go play it and stop listening to this podcast at this point um but you'd have to shoot your arrow prematurely and wait for him because he was always facing you and you you can see once you get him oriented right kind of like yeti he kind of sets you up for yeti um you can see that in his back is is the big glowing weak point and but the trick is you need to shoot your arrow first because he's always facing you and you need to wait for him to get in the right position so you pull your arrow back into the back of his head to kill him and and i thought that was a nice little trick uh something that you learn really early in the game in the very first boss fight uh is that giant sludgy hearty thing like it's a it's like a heart in jello and as you shoot the arrow, pieces of the jello fly off. And when you're pulling the arrow back, for me at least, uh, I pulled it back into the boss and it ripped off another part of the jello. So I was like, oh, that's cool. The, the arrow is still lethal both ways. And, and that was something that, that not many of the other bosses took advantage of. And it's something that you could kind of forget. And I ended up forgetting about it. But when I got to this boss... And died a couple times, thinking, why Why isn't he actually, where's the time where he turns around? And then I thought about it and went, oh, wait, no, I can just shoot my arrow. And I did that before. I, I shoot the arrow and then I pull it back. And that's the that's my opportunity. Like, that was that was a bit of puzzling out that I actually really enjoyed that I, uh, you know, just, it was, and it was a moment of discovery that was really cool for me. Yeah, I think that the recall to kill the boss like recall your arrow to kill the boss. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, I was like, okay, this is going to come into play a lot. And it really wasn't like, it didn't, it didn't come into play at all. It, besides skull Hevel, I guess. Um, I never used that to kill anybody else. Yeah. I don't know about, I don't know about you. But. No, no, never one, never again. And I think part of it is, is that the, the couple guys who made this game, I, I don't remember their names offhand. Um, but they, like, you just kind of, some of these bosses felt very similar. Um, 
where like IQ felt very similar to the the I sphere. <laughs> I, I forgot what its name is, but it's uh, it's in kind of the lava levels, but it's this giant magma ball thing. And it's the same deal as iCube, except now it's it's got uh, there's even less of a uh, a window for shooting it in its eye because now it's on this spherical plane instead of uh, a, a cube that that very clearly um, and methodically changes its uh, its frontal orientation. Like it, it it doesn't roll because it's a cube. Whereas the the sphere very clearly rolls around and it it makes it more difficult to shoot in the eye, but it's essentially the same boss fight and and that's kind of disappointing. And there were a couple that couple boss fights that just felt like retreads of of previous boss encounters where maybe maybe those guys just wanted to get to sixteen bosses because that was the same as Shadow of the Colossus, and then you know they added something that that wasn't that novel just to get to that number. I don't know. That was, that was just something I kind of noticed. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have one other boss that I actually really liked and that was, um, the, the failed hunter. Uh, I think his name is, is Knight Elhan or Elhanan. Um, but that, that was a cool fight in just like a, a bit of a storytelling perspective of, Hey, here's somebody who was like you once. Like he, they also came to to attack all these titans and to gain this power, or this truth, or this knowledge, or whatever it is. And they they failed in their quest. And not only did they fail, they got turned into a titan themselves. So uh, there's the this implication that that could happen to you as well if you don't finish your quest or if you if you don't turn back. Like you you could become the the darkness that you're actually trying to fight. Um, but what I also really liked was just the way that fight is set up where you can shoot the knight's armor to, to try to start the match. Every, every boss kind of similar to shadow, they, they won't attack you directly. You need to attack them first and then they retaliate. Um, that's how you start any of these, any of these fights. But for this one, you could shoot at the armor, which you'd think, you know, that's the boss. Like that's the thing I need to hit. And it wouldn't do anything. And there's a very large arrow that is stuck into a, a column in this in this boss fight room, and you actually have to shoot the arrow to start the fight. And it was just a little storytelling thing for me, or whether it's a storytelling thing or, or more of like a, a a gameplay hint or something like that. Um, that it was almost the arrow had significance, and you learn in the course of the fight that if you shoot that arrow that separates him from the boss, there's like a soul kind of thing in the arrow. And if you can shoot that and and get it away from the boss and and separate it out, then you have an opportunity. That's, that's your time to shoot the, the armor, the, the boss itself, the knight himself. And, and that's how you finish that fight. But uh, I just, I liked that little bit of a, of a hint just from the very beginning of, Hey, shooting shooting at the boss doesn't mean anything before the fight, and shooting at the boss doesn't mean anything during the fight. It's the arrow that kind of matters. Yeah, yeah, that one sticks out to me as well as one that I think about. Yeah, that was cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I could go down this list of other of other bosses, um, but that's that's it's nineteen, and most of them, most of my. 
things. Uh, like most of my writings here are are pretty short. Like for Sledgeheart, the first one in the bo- first boss in the game, like a good setup for the rules of the game. That's all I have to say about yeah. that. It's it's not really that that interesting. So so some of these other ones, uh, you know, let's let's leave them for people to uh, to learn the secrets themselves. Um, yeah. But let's do let's do get one more little spoilery thing in here and and talk about the end of the game or the true ending itself. Um, what did what did you think of that ending? And did it, did it mean anything to you? How did you feel about that that final boss encounter? Any of that kind of stuff? I mean, the final boss had. I mean, it was cool because it was surprising. Like, oh, the aesthetics changed. It's you know black and white. Uh, everything kind of looks like little weird squids, spermy type enemies, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, I don't. Maybe this is telling, but I don't really remember what more the, quote, true ending of the game really presented to me. Like, when you beat the, the boss, like, if you, if you kill all of the titans, you get this true ending. But if you don't, you get to kind of kill, like, what appears to be your shadow or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but if you get the true, and so in that ending where you kill your shadow, you just kind of, it's alluded that you become a titan yourself or something like that. And then some, I, I don't really know. And I didn't really gather more about what happens after you go through the final door and you shoot this little eyeball monster. Like, I don't remember at all what's different. Okay. Well, I, I just recently watched the, the kind of boss rush video again, even though that I mean, it's not, it's not really a boss rush. It's more like a, the game because that's all the game really is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you fight that that final boss, and he takes this one takes three hits, which ooh, interesting <laughs> new new element, new uh, new layer on on this boss fight here. Uh, but it, it changes forms after each hit, and when you get that third hit in there and and kill quote unquote kill truth, uh, you kind of kind of like you said with the the Titan things, you become truth. Like you, your character turns completely black and an eyeball, the same kind of purplish eyeball sprouts out of your forehead and, and that's it. Like it, it's, it's nothing much more profound than that. And it's, again, it feels like something that they kind of ripped from shadow of the Colossus where, yeah, Hey, you, you, you gained all this darkness from these Colossi enemies and, and now you are the darkness. Like that's what, what did you think was going to happen? Um, and, and again, it like it, it just it lacked a little bit of that emotional weight because I I wasn't there wasn't really a cause for it. Is that is that what the main character wanted all along? Did he want to become this truth big powerful bad guy thing? Did is that even did he know that was what's going to happen if if you if you went down that path? Uh, whereas Shadow, you could very clearly see that Wonder is this is this character that's that's kind of blinded by his his love and care for Mono and and wanting to bring her back to life and and that just keeps him on this singular one track mind and he doesn't care that or doesn't even notice that this darkness is taking him over over the course of the game um so uh, it's it just just an interesting point uh, and I'm I'm probably really biased towards Shadow of the Colossus because of reading Nick Sutner's book, which again, I will say is, is excellent and people should check that out. But, uh, yeah, Titan souls. It's, you know, I, I took more advantage of, of calling out the things I didn't like about Titan souls in this podcast. And, and 
I want to reiterate again, I actually think Titan Souls is pretty cool on a lot of, on a lot of levels. I think it's worth looking into and, and worth playing. And, you know, whether you beat it or not is, is kind of unimportant. You should just kind of see what it does. Cause I think it does take a lot of really cool elements and put them into a, a cool little game. Um, but <laughs> I, when I do these podcasts, I'm, I'm the one who chooses the games more often than not. And, and, you know, you just kind of naturally end up picking games that you like. And it's, it's interesting to talk to a person about a game that you don't like uh, or don't love or, or have issues with because it stretches some new muscles that I, I don't get to use as often for, for this podcast. So, so Zach, thanks for, thanks for playing a game that I didn't really love is what I'm saying. Hey, no problem. <laughs> I mean, I played Fire Emblem. Yeah, yeah. See, then we had a little <laughs> back and forth on that. Circle. That was good. So I'm really looking forward to our Gunman Clive uh, episode where I will get to tear that game a new one as well. <laughs> yeah, and I think it'll be a similar conversation of rinse and repeat, quick deaths. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. That's for another time. Yeah, well, hell, I think we just summed it up right there. Um, anyway, Zach, thank you for coming on. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to, to tell the people? No, I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Well, that's not good. The podcast no. is almost over. Uh-oh. Zach. Oh, hey, I can hear you. Oh, you can hear me again. Okay, we're back. All right, good. Well, you're you're back just in time to say goodbye. We're uh, we're about to to put this show to bed. Uh but I wanted to ask if uh if you had anything that you'd like to plug or tell people where to see some of the videos that you're doing or anything like that. Um typically I just plug my Twitter, which is at @zfleeman, but I I really Really enjoy making YouTube videos, so if you go on YouTube, search for Z Fleeman. That's my first initial and last name. Um, you can find such hits I have, just like a tutorial on how to play Neko Atsumi, Kitty Collector. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't stop getting views. <laughs> I, I bet not. Like I, as a person who also has a semi-popular YouTube video, like you go back and you're like, "Yep, those those things just keep going up," and I haven't done anything with this video since. Um, yeah, what's what's fun is I'm in like data science and business intelligence classes for a um, for a master's degree. That's not important, but like I have to do a project, and I'm going to do a huge product project on um, how that video has gained momentum and everything. It's it's going to be oh, great. But yeah, find me on YouTube. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you've like tell, tell, say some of the other things that you've done on YouTube. You guys, did, you did a let's play of uh, of Pikmin two, Pikmin three. Pikmin 3, Pikmin I, 3? I, I 100% in that game on YouTube.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, I do other review-ish type videos. I don't really know. I'm trying to find my stride. I just uploaded last week a video of my cousin and I playing Rocket League drunk. Nice. Um, and you're, you're only out. doing archives of that, right? You're, you're not actually streaming. It's, it's after the fact? Correct, yeah. We played that one live and um, recorded the audio and video separate so I could kind of master the two. And uh, so it sounds good, but it, it feels like a live stream. I think that's what I'm going to try to do more on. So, I mean, similar to what Giant Bomb does with their quick looks. I like that formula a lot. Sure. Cool. Well, it sounds great. Yep. Uh, and then as far as the show goes, uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well, at GOTG Podcast. Uh, our home is here, GamersOnTheGo.com. Uh, you can see all of our episodes there. Uh, there's even a spot where you can suggest a game that, that you uh, would like to hear me talk about, uh, whether... It comes up in, a, in an actual podcast or as a, as a Gamers on the Go 
SP, which is our, our kind of blog writing format that I haven't done many of lately. And, and I need to fix that. And, and that will be another 2016 resolution that I'm going to try to write a little bit more for, for this, uh, for this entity thing. I guess it's a little bit more than a podcast at this point, but it's, uh, it's not much. GOTG empire. Yeah, right. There you go. It's this whole thing that I'm building. Uh, Subsidiary of the Z Fleeman Media Conglomerate. <laughs> well, that was really nice of you to to, to adopt our, our thing for your conglomerate. Uh, actually, uh, speaking of other things, other umbrellas that we're under, uh, you can also find Gamers on the Go at livingthenerdlife.com and uh, see more of the uh, the content that those guys are putting out. So if you like, uh, you know, galleries of cosplay or, or talking about. You know the the newest uh, what what's the newest what's the newest superhero movie that's coming out that people like uh, Batman Batman versus Superman or uh, um, that one with the bad guys Suicide Squad that one I I don't know I, those guys uh, the people at Living the Nerd Life they know better than I uh, about like breaking those trailers down and, and talking about them or, or showing you that information first so. Disney's Marvels. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I I love that one. That's my favorite. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, man, I I joke. I I like some of those movies. Uh, I'm just not a big superhero fan. But uh, Living the Nerd like Life's a cool much. place. If you if you like that kind of stuff, uh, they've they've got it in in a lot of forms, and they also have the show. So thank them for 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 doing that, or I thank them for for doing that. That's pretty cool. Me too. Um, We'll actually be having the uh, the uh, head guy of Living the Nerd Life uh, on pretty soon for a, a series on uh, some mobile games, some some iPhone, iOS stuff. Uh, we're going to try to do a little bit more rapid fire stuff for for a few episodes of of that. So uh, look for that real soon. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Zach, thanks for coming on. We'll have you on again to talk about uh, plenty of these other games. Uh, I, I think we're going to have a real fun twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think I'll. I, I want to host a podcast where we talk about Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> I'm I'm totally down for that. I'm practicing my "Hey everyone, welcome to Gamers on the Go." <laughs> yes, it's very good. It's it's better than I can do already. Like you're you're already taking this over from me. Well done. Oh uh, boy! All right, Zach. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk to y'all soon. Uh, thanks for listening.